95% of my listeners have never heard of this spot. Though it is one of the places on earth that will have an enormous impact on how the world is changing and how we shape our future infrastructure and environment. People often reject to believe what they don't understand or what scares them. With Dragonfolio China, you have the unique chance to truly understand a frequently misconceived country and an inevitable shift in the 21st century. Just lean back and enjoy a fascinating journey through China that will astonish and reward you. Alright, Niemann Hao guys and welcome to the next episode of Dragonfolio China. My name is Eric and today I will talk about the second primary reason of why you should care about China. In the first episode I talked about Chinese people and their global influence and today it's gonna be a bit more technical. But no worries, I'm not a tech geek or expert in this field either. So I just try to scratch the surface a bit and make you understanding of why there's also a technical aspect that is super important and makes it necessary to pay more attention to China. And that is China is leading the next GPT. What is a GPT? GPT is the abbreviation for general purpose technology. And a general purpose technology is commonly understood as a core technology with a substantial effect on economy and also society. So it affects all kind of fields that you can think of of daily life and really changes the entire globe. GPT sometimes is also used as a synonym for industrial revolution, but it's not exactly the same thing. And I'm going to explain why a bit later. The first GPT without doubt was the mechanization, which took place in the 18th and 19th century. One word that comes into the mind of everyone here directly would be the steam engine. So generally, the mechanization is the introduction of all the machines. And without doubt, the absolute leader here was Great Britain, who not just invented a lot of machines, but also who really could exploit the huge potential. Afterwards, we had the electrification. That's the second GPT, which started basically in the beginning of the 20th century with inventions like the light bulb or a lot of telecommunication items and uh, equipment. And of course, that was heavily pushed through the world wars. And then afterwards, in the second half of the 20th century, we came to the stage of automation, which is the third GPT with computers and IT and so on. You can't really say that one is less important or more important than another because they're kind of consecutive and build up on each other. Although we always tend to value the last one, which would be automation uh, more than the others. But at the end, they're all very important and responsible basically for the life we have today. What do they have all in common? Well, very interesting is that all of them increased the wealth in societies in the long term with a higher productivity with higher income and with higher life quality. That's what they all have in common. And another thing, and now I try to go back to China, is that China missed out on all of them. Needless to say, in the meantime, they're caught up. But at the time where they really took off, they totally missed out and other powers were far ahead. However, China is certainly not missing out the force GPT. And the force GPT is... AI, artificial intelligence. It's not digitalization. Digitalization for me is part of automation and AI. That's something we already experienced for years. But the force GPT, which has such an 
or which is gonna have such a huge influence on our life and really change everything we can imagine right now is AI. And as I said, China missed out the previous three industrial revolutions and GPTs, but definitely not this one. And it's interesting to ask why did they actually miss out the previous three? Well, I think it's due to a certain arrogance they had in former times and also because there are a lot of missing economic reforms. China totally failed to get in on the ground floor of these revolutions. And it's not just about these GPTs. Also, when globalization really started and global trade really picked up, China was not ready. They totally failed here. And as a consequence, they lagged distinctly behind all other global powers, whether in Europe, America, or also Asian neighbor countries such as Korea and Japan. However, recently, you and me, we both became witnesses of a radical change. After the opening up and subsequent overall growth, China nowadays is a pioneer in the field of internet, digitalization, and lately also AI. Just opening up, though, is certainly not enough to make you a leader in this field. So let's briefly focus on what is actually important if you want to be a leader in the field of AI. First of all, AI needs entrepreneurship and expertise. And China certainly has both of this. Not just with all their young, qualified talents, but also nowadays China attracts a lot of high-qualified people from all over the planet. The second aspect is that you need a clear and strong support from your government and from society. So there's some politics involved, but also a social aspect. Only having a government which says, yes, we want to go for it, is not sufficient. You also need the support and the backbone of the society. And the third aspect, which is extremely important for AI, some people call it the most valuable resource of the century. I'm not sure about this really. That's maybe a bit exaggerated, but the most important input for AI is certainly data. And China has this as well. I think the first one, entrepreneurship and expertise, is somewhat clear. But let's focus a bit on the second and third issue. So government, society and data. First of all, the government. Well, the Chinese government has extremely ambitious targets for China and a long-term strategy. And they realized long time ago that they can only achieve this with the support of the internet and AI. So there's a clear commitment to promote AI wherever they can to push China forward. And especially in the big tech hubs in Shanghai, Shenzhen, in Beijing, there are a lot of developments going on which are far ahead of many other countries. And especially what happens in Beijing is not that far away anymore from Silicon Valley. I heard in some fields they're even now a bit superior, but I think you cannot 100% compare them and I hate to do this kind of comparison, but just to get an idea, in Beijing, there's a district called Chungguanzun Xiadao, which I think 95% of my listeners have never heard of this spot. Though it is one of the places on earth that will definitely have an enormous impact on how the world is changing and how we shape our future infrastructure and environment. So most people are not really aware of this, but this place is indeed comparable to Silicon Valley because they work very closely with the top universities, with high-tech companies, with a lot of startups. So China has sort of a counterpart to Silicon Valley and this makes them already one of the leaders there 
But it's not just Beijing. You have it in a lot of big cities where it's extremely promoted and entrepreneurs in this field have a lot of freedom in China. The role of the internet was actually unclear for some time. And in the beginning of this of the century, people were not sure yet how to really handle, how to really treat the internet. But once the government gave a clear signal, yes, we are we are supporting this and we are aware that we need the internet and later also AI to reach our targets. Then, of course, all the entrepreneurs and companies jumped on this train and now are extremely eager to also, well, first of all, they want to get their own benefits, but at the end, what they do is they push it. But just having a commitment from a government and business who want to go ahead is certainly not sufficient. And that brings me to the next point, which is the society. Chinese have a much higher acceptance for giving away personal data and privacy than the West. They fear the big I way less. So for them already for years, it's absolutely fine to use a lot of apps and a lot of services that we would maybe not use or would think about it should we use. I mean, we have so many debates about Facebook and whatever platform which sucks up our data. Chinese don't think and care about this. I'm not saying this is necessarily good. Maybe they should be more critical. We should be less critical. Who knows? There's, I think it's a, it's a personal attitude. I personally, I don't care about giving away my data because I have nothing to hide, but this could be a huge debate. I'm just saying how it is. China does not really care. So all these new elements that we have in Internet of Things today, like sharing economy, mobile payment, this is already around in China for years. A couple of years I came to China and at this point they were further ahead than we are now in the West using all these technologies and services. So especially the Perception AI. Perception AI is kind of the merge of online and offline world, including all kinds of education, shopping, transportation, and I think more and more medical supply. This is already so far ahead and so modern in China. If you go there, you realize it. Without a smartphone, you can basically do nothing. If you can use the Chinese infrastructure like them, it's actually super convenient. Of course, the companies also did a pretty decent job here because it's not just that you say, hey, please use our app and it's good for you. So they did a lot of really smart moves to make people get used to it. And you can imagine, let's say, mobile payment, that a 60-year-old cab driver is maybe not keen on using mobile apps. Why would he use it? There's no need for him. But they built up a lot of incentives around this. So they gave discounts to the people. Or they have certain algorithms which reward you if you use this kind of app. So this is extremely complex, but also extremely smart. And nowadays... People are so used to it, not just the young generation, also more and more the older generation. And they see the advantages and don't really care about giving away some data. And that brings me to the third point, and that is data. China is the largest owner of this resource, at least in the century and as of now. And AI needs data. Without data, you cannot really use and exploit the potential of AI. There is the saying, there is no data like more data. And in the case of AI, I think this is mostly true. So let's focus a bit on a negative aspect. And I'm not discussing the negative consequence of AI here, because I think that would be a problem that are all countries concerned with. And here I want to 
concentrate more on China. So today I will again try to address a certain stereotype that we have and that is that China is copying most technologies and will continue to do so in the future. That is what many people think. And first up, only really outdated assumption think that China is still the copycat that it used to be back in the day. China definitely used Silicon Valley as a foundation and orientation. There's no doubt about it. I think no one in China would deny this and it's very obvious. China used Silicon Valley to kind of as a model for their own infrastructure. But what they did, and they're already there, is to adapt and to optimize because that is what really determines success. The first question which you have to ask yourself is, is copying really so bad? Because we copy all the time and we live in a world, sorry to say, where we copy continuously. It's, it's actually not possible to go without any copying. The funny thing is that in a lot of cases, people don't really care if you do it properly. For example, Facebook and Microsoft, they're only so big because they're copied as well. Let's take MP3. MP3 is a German invention, but no one really cares because the German institutes did a really bad job in bringing it to the market. So who got big with it is American companies. So it's all about, are you able to exploit the potential? And China has often failed in this. And why? Because if you only copy, if you only copy technology or business models, then it will always holds you back. And this is why China realized they have to make a tremendous change in the way they think. And maybe let's say 20 years ago, there was a shift in the way of thinking. And now China is creating its own environment in the field of internet and kind of develops its own digital universe. I'm not saying China is not copying anymore anything, but again, most countries do this anyways in different fields, but see it from a logical point of view. If you only always copy the properties and efforts of others, you can never get ahead of them. That makes absolute sense, right? If I'm copying today, then the other guy is already far ahead of me. I can never succeed really. And this is what China realized. And in the field of AI, this is even more significant. You cannot just copy AI or look over the fence and say, yes, we should do the same. It's not like this. I used to work for a large chemical company in Germany and they were so afraid of China always spying and I think focused more on protecting instead of really keeping innovations flowing. And I think for a lot of companies, they have to be really careful and also for some governments that they not overprotect everything and then neglect that they actually want to improve and move ahead themselves. And don't get me wrong here, from an ethical point of view, you can really discuss whether you should copy at all. It's indeed a very undignified behavior from a certain perspective. I'm not taking a stand here for copying others' assets or others' goods. However, what I want to emphasize here is that it can help you to catch up and in the case of China, they actually did a pretty good job and it helped them to be where they are today. However, you can never become a real leader with a sustainable advantage if you just copy technology. Okay, let's go back to AI. As I said, China is going to be one of the absolute dominant leaders in the field of AI. That's not to say that there will be a few other countries 
who are also really dominating this. But from what we know right now, there is no other nation that is really going to have a lot of weight in AI except for China and the US. And China has a few advantages. I mentioned some of them. They fear AI less than other countries, also less than the US. They see it as part of their rise. Unlike many other countries, they see it as one component for them to achieve their long-term targets. China already builds its cities and the entire infrastructure around technology that is using AI. So they are so extremely far. We don't know this. Sometimes you can read about this, but you have no clue what's really already happening in China. And with all this, it's for me absolute certain that China's influence on this planet is going to increase just because of AI. But when I say China is going to increase its influence, I don't mean they will literally control everything that's happening technically with a remote control, right? What I really want to emphasize here is that we will become more dependent on China because of AI. Because at one point, I mean, you can always say, oh no, we don't want, we don't want your AI technique. But at one point, you cannot afford anymore to reject the use of AI and to go without the latest state of the art. If you do this, then you are totally screwed. And a lot of countries, they're going to say, yes, sure, we're going to take it because we see the advantages. As always in life, predictions are really difficult to make. And right now it's really unpredictable as well how AI will really develop, how it is used by human beings, but also how governments and how entire nations really going to use it and exploit it, how it will really influence our life eventually. But one thing is for sure, it's going to change our lives tremendously. And the digitalization that we experienced so far is just the beginning. AI and all its related changes are just starting to really happen. And that's it for the third episode. Thanks for listening. If you want to support me my channel, please leave a five-star rating on your podcast app and share this podcast show with other folks. I think it's a really important topic, so more people should listen to it. Thanks for your support, and I'll see you in the next episode.